0: Hello and welcome back for episode 26 of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. I've been slowly uh, settling into a nice work schedule and filling out my week and working on building my books. Uh, I had an awesome experience uh, giving a talk at Melbourne Dental School this past week and sharing some of my experiences as a newbie dentist. Um, It's always nice to connect with dental students. Uh, Both this week's episode and next week's episode were recorded several months ago before I moved down to Australia and um, I'm very excited about finally getting these published and released for you guys to enjoy. Today's guest is Dr. Brian Baliwas, the man, the legend behind SF Dental Nerd on Instagram. Brian is currently practicing in probably one of the trendiest cities in the world, thanks to the boom of Silicon Valley and the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco. He's a 2014 University of the Pacific grad and a true stud in every sense of the word. He's a practice owner, he has a thriving Instagram page, and above all, he's an excellent clinician and I look up to and respect him highly. We had a great chat and I thoroughly enjoyed this interview and I hope you get tons of value from it as I did. As always, please reach out to me on Instagram with any feedback. I do love hearing from you guys. You can download the episode on uh, Spotify, on iTunes, and also on YouTube now, and of course my website, www.newbidentist.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there
1: with your host, Dr. Omerizami. That's
0: pretty cool. And um, so your office is like right in the middle of San Francisco or is it like one of the suburbs? Um, we have two
1: locations, oh, one nice. in union square and the other one's in the marina. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both are in kind of busier neighborhoods of San Francisco. Union square obviously is full of like business men yeah. guys. Um, the marina is kind of, uh, it's interesting. My patient base there is more families who kind of live in the area as well yeah. as people who kind of live in the marina. It just happens to be a little bit more residential there.
0: Okay. Uh, so, you know, yeah. pretty, uh, pretty competitive spot. Like it's must be like, is there a lot of dentists nearby and stuff or?
1: There's a ton of dentists, but you know, mm-hmm. what's interesting, you know, I I work in a building that has, you know, double digit dentists just in one building. Yeah. Uh, and there's a building a block and a half away that has, you know, hundreds of dentists. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's not about locate. It's not like anybody walks through the building looking for a dentist in the building. You know? Yeah. It's
0: they, like, they know you're, they're coming to see you
1: exactly so you market for your website for me social media um other ways you know a, internal referrals that kind of thing yeah so i i don't see things as competitive in the sense that you know oh i'm I'm trying to i got to get patients before so-and-so gets patients. there's so many people who live in the city yeah and i think as long as you're doing good work you're doing honest work and you're offering patients something different i think it should work out
0: that's pretty cool and how long has it been open for like the uh, the first location, I guess.
1: I graduated in 2014. Yeah, so cool, that's uh, so cool, man. That's awesome. I know. I still consider myself a young dentist or a new dentist.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know if that term is, it's, it's getting harder and harder to say that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But I joined a group practice um, where I was given the opportunity to to start a practice within somebody else's. So usually when you're an associate, you know, you are given a ton of work. They're not your patients, but you're busy, you're, you're getting yeah. after. Um, so I did a little bit of that gra- uh, after graduating. I worked in a also a group practice, but I was an associate. They weren't my patients, but yeah. I, I did everything, new exams. All of a sudden, I'm being pulled into a room, giving somebody anesthesia, and then going to another room, doing a crown. Um, and then all the while, I had my thing going here in San Francisco, starting with zero patients. I started yeah. in October of 2014. Um, and then just, I started with two or three days that were just dead. I mean, I, I saw two patients a day. Yeah. Some of were my friends who, who supported me, <laughs> um, a few people from dental school who were my patients who just said, you know, I want to keep seeing you. And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm working in the city. If you want to come see me? The prices yeah. are up a little higher. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was really slow. And so I started there, um, and then just slowly started building, you know, my first, I was joking around. My first paycheck for the month, uh, I made five hundred dollars in a month. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Is that after like covering overhead and everything, or?
1: Yeah, that's just you know after seventy percent all overhead and whatnot. But you know you consider uh, that first month there's insurance lag, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh insurance is you don't get paid right away, right? There's usually yeah. a little bit of lag. So that first month, it's brutal. It's yeah, what you
0: takes like that three month buff bu- uh, three months buffer and then you're pretty much you're good like it's catching up as you're going kind of thing. So
1: yeah, all you collect is is um <laughs> you know what <laughs> the cash the okay. copay,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So for you, like, obviously, it's pretty cool because you're a practice owner, but you're also, like, obviously pretty active on, like, Instagram and stuff. Uh, so I want to kind of hit that from, like, both angles, if that's cool with you, to, like, do, like, an origin story for, like, your DDS, like, why you got into dentistry. Um, I remember a while back you, like, posted something about, like, like, it took you, you didn't have the best stats maybe, but you got in. But then I remember I was, uh, I was interviewing your friend, uh, like, uh, Dr. Bajosian. And he told me, like, you were top of your class, like, in his, like, cohort. So when we get into that, it'd be cool if you kind of touch on that, too, because I think it will resonate with a lot of people, and it'd be pretty sweet, so. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, I, I went to uh, Davis, and I, and I always had in the back of my mind, I want to be a dentist. You know, it was one of those things that you just said when you were little, oh, I want to be a dentist, so that yeah. was that. Um, Dennis, uh, excuse me, not Dennis, but when I went to Davis, um, I go to Davis, and I joined a fraternity and that becomes my focus. I became (laughs) the president of that fraternity. Yeah. I started bartending. There were all these little things that kind of, uh, distracted me from school. Yeah. And things made sense. I feel like I could have done well at Davis. Like there were some classes I got A's in. Right. And then there's some classes I got F's in and then I just got F's because I just didn't do the work or I didn't show up. Yeah. Um, I had that. Classic story, my physiology class, Uh, I was in there with my buddy, Alan. And, uh, I'm going into the class, into the final with like a C or something or like a D. Mm-hmm. And the way this works is whatever grade you get on the final, if it's higher than your cumulative because it's all cumulative, you can take yeah. that score. That's I remember so pulling a 96 out of my ass <laughs> uh, on this test and getting an A and nice. everybody was so pissed because I used to come to class, you yeah. know, sleep through the class. Sometimes I wouldn't show up. Um yeah, and I that just,
0: yeah. That sucks. I yeah, had that in first year off. too. Like I had a uh, chemistry. Like all my classes were in the morning, and I had like this four hour gap, and then like chemistry first year. Yeah, and I, I skipped it every time because I was like, I'm not gonna stick around for like four hours, like and be productive and study. I'll go home and like we had this like internet where you can like kind of download shows like from everyone on the whole campus. So it was kind of like a early days like Netflix kind of thing. So I'd be like binge watching like Scrubs or whatever. And uh, I tried to go once, and I I got the so I showed up like a 4 p.m. or something, and the class was ending. I was like, "Shows how little I know!" Like I showed up an hour late, Uh, but it was the same thing, man. I got like owned in for sure, and then like it took some time to kind of rebound and and figure out how to study properly and like get your grades up and stuff. Um, So it's cool. People people
1: get it. Things kind of uh, uh, click with them at different stages in their life, right? And yeah. so for me, one of my biggest regrets, and I don't have a lot of regrets, but one of them is I didn't take advantage of my education at UC Davis. UC Davis is such an awesome school. There's great minds there. I mean, I remember some of my biochemistry biochem- classes, my books were written by my teachers. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so if I had the the, the the ability to be a student back then, oh, I would have milked it for, for everything it was, you know, for everything it was. But instead, I kind of goofed off. I got a 2.7 GPA, graduated barely. I think my science GPA was 2.3, and I tried applying to dental school. Didn't get in, yeah. obviously. Took a couple classes at Davis again, tried to raise my GPA. It wasn't enough. And I spoke with some people, and they're like, look, you got to go back to school, and you got to show us that you can get good grades. Yeah. And that you got to take full science course loads. So I decided to go to Oregon. Um, I did a post-bacc, in human anatomy and phys. That was kind of my focus. Took a bunch of grad school classes. I took like 18 to 20 units a quarter, all science.
0: How long is this? this is like two years or you got this all done in like a year and a half? Kind I got of it done in a year and
1: a half because I took so many classes. And I repeated classes that I did poorly in like organic chemistry. I, I repeated one of them uh, that I got a C in and I ended up getting like a 98 in this class. So I figured, okay, look, I got a 98 in, in advance. You get the confidence grade.
0: too. Like yeah. I can do this. So, yeah.
1: Like if you have any doubts that I don't know this, like you're crazy. Like I got a ninety eight. And yeah. along with that, I took, you know, all these other classes and did well in those. So my lowest score, my lowest grade at, at Oregon was an A minus. I got one of those. The rest were A's and I got a lot of A pluses. So my GPA at Oregon, they give an extra grade point for for anything above like a ninety-eight percent. Yeah. So I have like a four point one or four point two in Oregon.
0: So you come back with that. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then, you know, I, I applied luckily uop gave me a shot <clears throat> i got a couple rejections um and i just carried that that momentum into dental school i was like look it wasn't easy getting here i'm not going to take this for granted like i'm going to learn everything i can at dental school
0: yeah and then so i think your program your dental <laughs> school is like a pretty unique one and that is like three years right um, yeah so that's pretty sweet so i you saved some time on the back end getting out yeah. So yeah, graduated in two thousand fourteen, and um, so I think you were saying you joined like a group practice at that time. And how long after you kind of got your first associate position did you open your practice?
1: Well, they kind of came at the same time. Um, I was going to go off to Texas and do a bunch of like pediatric dentistry and make a ton of money. You know, the yeah. the dream. You know, everybody <laughs> goes to Texas. And yeah. <clears throat> but I got a phone call. One of my faculty members, I'd done really well in school, and one of my faculty members kind of put some feelers out for me, got me connected with one of her classmates who was looking for somebody to kind of start a practice within his, and so that's who reached out. Um, so I, I started both at the same time. Yeah got kind of my own thing started and then just a true associateship.
0: And did you have like, in your like final year of dental school, were you, how much were you spending any time like focusing on like the business side of things, like trying to kind of figure out like what it's all about, or you kind of just jumped right in and you had like kind of no idea what's happening and kind of learned as you went along.
1: <laughs> I've, I had no idea what was happening. Sometimes I feel like I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my final year at dental school was just, I wanted to milk it for cases, you know? So yeah. I, I did, you know, three uh, hybrid cases. I had two all-on-fours. I had an all-on-six. Nice. Almost finished another one, but that got passed. Actually, um, Bedrosian,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> he finished that one up. Yeah. Um, I did a bunch of veneer cases.
0: That's great.
1: I did Good three experience. Yeah, you know, I just, I was like, I was done with uh, requirements early. And so I was lucky enough to be just be given a lot of work that some of my classmates who had to focus on um, requirements, they were like, yeah. do you finish this? And I was like, absolutely.
0: Like, That's awesome. That's the best way. Yeah. Absolutely. And so you, you're you working as an associate a couple of days a week, you open your practice a couple of days a week. Um, and is this sort of where like the whole Instagram side of thing came along where you're like, you're saying your practice, like how do I market this and how do I get get patients?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I started my Instagram, I've, I've always kind of been a social media fan and yeah. I had no qualms kind of sharing what I was doing or you know sharing aspects about my life and um started kind of focusing on dentistry early on on my instagram deleted all my old stuff that didn't have to do with dentistry Mm -hmm. and then i think something got reposted like some early case or some early video something something dumb i did i'm sure yeah (laughs) It it kind of took off and then all of a sudden i started getting followers and it started Just going, and so I started going with it, and I found that it was a way. You know, I got my first patient who found me through Instagram. I was like, "Nice, like patients from this." (laughs) So I started really focusing in on that. I found creative ways to kind of share these posts, how to get them out there, how to target them to certain audiences. Yeah. Now it's kind of I don't know. It's it's one. It's free. Yeah. My time. Right. It takes a little bit time of time consuming
0: for sure. I'm impressed by you guys, man. Cause I, I mean, obviously I started mine like not that long ago and it's like nowhere to the scale that your guys is in terms of like, I'm sure like, you know, I get a message here or there and, like in the beginning, like you're so excited. You're like, Oh my God, someone like reached out. It's pretty cool. And then it becomes like a little bit more frequent, but I can't imagine like at your scale, like how many people are like constantly messaging you for like feedback it. and stuff. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> this, is,
1: this is my phone since I started with you, like it's yeah. <laughs> notifications. Um, yeah, so it
0: takes up a lot of time. It's just
1: like anything in dentistry, right? Like, yeah, Sarah Crown, your first one takes a lot of time. You got to yeah. prep it, and you're scanning, and then you're trying to design. You have no idea what's going on. You try to like increase the contact, but you have the wrong thing, so it makes it turn into a balloon. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, but eventually, you kind of find a workflow. And so, it's interesting. I was talking to Dr. Bedrosian about this. He has yeah. his little so- social media workflow. Yeah, he goes through. Uh, Photoshop and then, you know, whatever else program and then resizes it. Mm-hmm. For me, I have certain apps that I just have my workflow. If I have an idea in my head, something pops into my mind, it really only takes me five, 10 minutes to put something together. Yeah. Uh, maybe 10 to 15 minutes if it's a picture for my, for my digital camera. Yeah. Transfer that over. Um, but you, you kind of get used to it. And like I said, it's, 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 time i mean how much do you pay in marketing how much do some of these dentists pay um, to be in network to get patients in the door right it's yeah. a ton of money i mean yeah. you write off 30 to 40 percent of your fees just to be on a list to get patients in the door yeah so instagram you know an hour here and there during the day if it's right now it brings me about two to three patients a week um, really one week i had like seven or eight patients come nice i found through I mean, that's I mean, that costs you
0: money. That's pretty good. yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's a good it's a time efficient uh, use of your of your resources. And uh, so how's it changed? I'm curious because like I'm finding like maybe like the Instagram stories are kind of starting to like maybe overtake by like, posting. Um, like engagement in posts maybe is down a bit. Um, uh, so I'm curious to see, like I'm sure like when you started, there was no stories at all, right? Like there was like Snapchat, and then Instagram yeah. was no just story. like. Posting. Um, so I feel like that's like a pretty cool thing that's happening right now. Like it's like early days in that, in that sense. So a lot of people I'm trying to figure out, like, cause I don't post that much really like in my page, but like I'm semi-active, like in my stories and trying to like engage that way. So I think that's like, how have you found that? Have you found that to be a, like a trend or.
1: I mean, I don't try to think about it as much. I I, I feel like I, if I have something that I think I want to share and keep permanent, yeah. then I'll, I'll post about it and my posts take a little bit more time and thought if I have something on the whim and I'm like, oh man, I kind of want to share this. Oh, yeah. my It's quick. It's easy. And sometimes I get a lot of interaction on my story to the point where I'm like, oh man, I should turn this into a post.
0: <laughs> That's smart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, sometimes I get certain discussions and like, um, right now I, I shared, I don't know if you saw, I shared like a partial coverage onlay. I'll call it an onlay, even though I'm replacing one cusp. Yeah. And I had so many people message me. I think I had maybe 20 to 30 people message me and say, how do you you know? How do you bill this? Uh, how do you get insurance to pay for this? Oh, you know? the,
0: like the mo one, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know,
1: like, well, uh, you know, if insurance doesn't cover this, do you, do you bill it as a crown? And
0: mm.
1: you know, I'm, I think I'm going to post about it. How? I it's don't good question, yeah, yeah, but I don't think that that has anything to do with the treatment you want to do. I, mean, yeah. I think if you educate your patients, and I gave my patient options. I said, look, your most some people would crown this. Mm -hmm. and your insurance would pay 50% of that crown fee. And in order to crown it, we have to cut away a lot of tooth all the way around. I think I can cut away very minimal amount of tooth and I can bond in the smallest little piece of porcelain and save a lot of this tooth for you. It'll decrease the chances of you needing a root canal. It'll decrease the chances of you needing this tooth extracted in the future. It'll decrease the chance of, of, of you getting recurrent decay because there's less margin the downside is your insurance probably won't pay for it. Yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> I think. <laughs> that's I mean, awesome. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? You're going to say, oh, well, I want to take 50% of the other thing. And maybe one day I'll get this tooth extracted.
0: For it. <laughs> Who the hell wants that? Yeah. That's awesome. You so to educate your patients. Yeah. Communication has is huge. And it's something I'm learning a lot more and more to like just present the options, let them decide the onus is on them. Right. And then.
1: Yeah. And on top of that, let's say, I mean, cause I'll be honest with you. I did not want to cut a crown on that too. If they said, Hey, I want the crown <laughs> I would probably say, Oh, like I, I gotta be honest. I, I would force the, I, you know, I'd be like, uh, here's, here's something you got going on. And you know, a crown's a little different cause I think it falls, falls within the realm of reasonable yeah but you know, there's certain things that if patients want and choose, you don't have to do it. Somebody yeah. else will crown that tooth or or put the veneers on or do something that you're not comfortable with, and I think that's the issue. Is you know on I've heard that
0: reasoning too that they're like if yeah. I don't do it, somebody else will so I,
1: see, I, I, constantly. <laughs> they're like, yeah. well, that's what the patient wanted It's like, yeah. oh God, your patient's dictating the treatment <laughs> You know, I think it's a discussion for sure. And and in the end, they have the right to do what they want with their tooth. But you have to take responsibility for the work you're doing too.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, so what's like in terms of uh, like, I know you're pretty active with like CE and stuff as well. And um, so what I've been asking this from a lot of people, because I think it's like a really good question to ask like young dentists is uh, what have you found like the best ROI to be like, which, which course have you taken that you're like, man, I come back to the office and I'm like juiced up, I'm ready to go. And it's like something that's like practical, I can like apply it the next day and I'm like increasing my production. I'm I'm able to like provide a better service to my patients. Like what have you found in terms of all the courses you've sort of uh, taken so far? Totally, that's such a good
1: question. And I'd say the biggest ROI so far has been, for me, joining the AACD and attending their conferences, especially if you're a new grad. If you're a new grad, it costs almost a half or a third of what it costs me now to attend these conferences and at these conferences you're surrounded by people who actually want to be really good. And I mean, it's not cheap to go to these conferences. So you get these people who want to learn from people. And, you know, as you get familiar with who actually knows what they're doing and who is skilled, you notice these lineups, you know, I call them lineups. It's like, it's it's almost like Coachella, you know, like, you look yeah. at it and
0: you're like, oh my God, like,
1: who am I going to see? And, yeah. and then you really have to think about like, oh, well, this person might be here next year. This person's from, you know, another country. I got to catch them. And so if you're just surrounded by people who want to learn, I've been to other conferences. Um, I won't name them on here, but it's yeah. just the rooms filled with people who want CE credit.
0: Yeah. It's like an obligatory. Yeah. Like Let yeah, me the, the
1: moment back. that codes there. Boom! They're out the door. Half the time, they show up. They go to the bathroom. They're dicking around on their phone, and then they don't really pay attention. And because of that, the quality of the classes usually is kind of—I mean, it kind of feeds each other, you know? Yeah. So, not a big fan of that, those, but those tend to be free sometimes or really low cost. Yeah. Um, a great way to rack up CE if that's what you're into. <laughs> um, another big thing for me is just study clubs, right? Yeah. Sometimes you might not even get credit for it, but there's a lot of talks. You just learn a lot. Um, Just meeting with different people, hearing people who've been been out for a long time present cases. You learn a ton from that. Um, And then my next step is I really want to take COIS uh, occlusion and treatment planning.
0: That's a big one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 10 Gs. (laughs) Pretty big. Yeah. You know, that's a meaningful chunk of change. You
0: know? That's cool. I I had an interview this morning with uh, Dr. Kirti. She's pretty active on Instagram as well. And she, she made a great point. And sh- her point was that f- for a whole life, like from kindergarten to like dental school, we're like, we live such like structured lives. Like we go to class, like everything's like a curriculum's laid out for us. And we're like just following and we get pretty successful at that. And we figure it out and we, we're pretty good at it. And then we graduate and we're like out in the world and like, there's like no, no structure. We can like do nothing. You can do everything. You can do pieces of here and there. And she was saying like, you know, like the Coys, the spears the AACD, AGD, those kind of more structured programs are like really helpful to get involved in because it kind of takes the onus off you to just be like, okay, I'm going to just enroll in this and I'm going to follow the curriculum and kind of learn as I, as I go along. Totally. Uh, versus just like picking and choosing, okay, I'm going to do like uh, extraction course. I'm going to do like nitrous. I'm going to do like stuff that mismatches and doesn't actually help out. So I think that's like a pretty cool one to take away from that one. Um, and so I noticed like lately, uh, photography has been pretty big for you as well. Yeah. Uh, how's that been in your practice and how's like the workflow been because I, I i obviously have yeah, from you guys i get you know pretty inspired and like you know it's like every, obviously instagram's all photography so uh, there's a lot of great photographers on there so i bought like a macro lens and i got my dslr uh, i haven't taken a course but like i'm ha- i had a hard time integrating it into my like my practice like get the I'm, like i'm gonna stop my procedure like grab this camera like figure out like the zoom like how's the workflow been for you like figuring that out
1: My workflow for like in the middle of procedures is, isn't dialed yet. You know, uh, for me taking, uh, my typical, you know, layout, you know, initial photos, my records, photos, that's fine. In for, um, Invisalign records, fine. Uh, after procedures and that kind of thing. Great. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, you're right. It's kind of cumbersome to just stop and go, man, I really want a picture of this. And it's like, you got D glove, grab your giant camera. Yeah.
0: like hover over Um, a patient and like
1: (laughs) it also depends on what kind of practice you run i I tend to run a little slower practice i only see in my column outside of my hygiene checks i only see like four to seven patients a day if that right closer to four to five or six um and so you it's not too bad and once you figure out just like this tip i gave last uh yesterday once you figure out that you don't need two hands, you don't need to actually need to uh, focus with your left hand. Yeah. You move the cat <laughs> just for your magnification and you can actually move in and out to focus. Yeah. That frees up a hand to do other things, to retract, to hold a mirror. Um, it's pretty quick. Yeah. And so photography, I think is pretty important. It depends on what kind of dentistry you want to do. You know, there's dentistry out there that doesn't require it. It doesn't need it. But yeah. for me, I, you know, I don't, need to send my patient to the lab for a custom shade so that saves me some money there it saves me some time i don't need to do a try-in appointment although you know it happens yeah it's nice kind of nailing the color and understanding that like what you're going to get back yeah. and i mean you know predictability that's what we all want right yeah for sure it's nice to be able to market to to take cool photos and it's nice to be able to share cool photos i mean i see a lot of cool cases on instagram and the first thing i look at is oh man, this picture is so blurry. <laughs> like, I can see, but yeah. this the teeth used to be stained and crooked and now they're straight, but God, like, yeah, it looks Mickey mouse, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, what level of dentistry are you going to be doing? Uh, it's got to carry over. The sad thing is, you know, this was taught to me in dental school. Um, and I look back at my photos in dental school, they weren't that great, but at least yeah. I was trying to learn on a digital, you know, a DSLR. And now i feel like the emphasis everybody's kind of toning it down i I want to point and shoot it's easier to use nobody uses a big camera in practice it's like yeah not a lot of people do right not a lot of people do veneers right not a lot of people do really good veneers it's like what kind of dance do you want to be though
0: yeah that's true and it's hard because i think that's what i mean there's like a lot of good in instagram and i'm like a huge fan of it in terms of you know meeting and finding mentors and like learning cases and stuff but one of the, the bad things is like the whole like FOMO side of it, where you're like looking at it and you're like, man, the whole world's like doing full mouth rehabs. Like, what am I doing in my practice? Like doing like comp, like class twos all day. Like, um, so I think that's cool. Like to say, like, you have to figure out what you want and how, how you're going to practice and kind of, you know, work in there and see what's your, what's your comfort zone. Um, so another Can question. We, I ha- yeah, go ahead.
1: Sorry, but we just, you know, you just talked about, uh, photography and like everybody wants these big cases. mm mm-hmm. If you can take a solid before and after photo with a, a great camera,
0: yeah, that,
1: sometimes not for other dentists, but just for patients and marketing. That mm. can lead to people coming to you for more of that. Yeah. So you know, you kind of you ever watch them the movie Boiler Room?
0: Yeah.
1: You gotta act as if,
0: yeah. right?
1: <laughs> you gotta act as if you're just as good as Appa. Yeah. Even though, yeah. You got to act as if you, you are already accredited. You got to yeah. act as if you take the best photos in the world and yeah. it'll just come. It's, it's a mentality.
0: And another cool thing, another thing I talked about, uh, I've been talking about with people is like vision, obviously. And um, so I want to see what your vision was like when you graduate uh, dental school to like where you are now in your practice and like how things have like evolved or changed. Um, and uh, like going back to uh, Dr. Q this morning, she was saying, values over vision, like your vision can change over time. But if you have like your values of like, this is what I want you know, do the best that I can do or whatever it is that makes you like feel comfortable with how you're practicing. Um, and that was like a cool way of thinking about it. Cause I've always been like, like singular vision. Like I want this and this is like the steps I got to do to get there. So I'm curious to see like what your sort of experience has been and like how things have changed in terms of like when third year of dental school, like how you thought you would be practicing like five years out versus how you're practicing now.
1: Yes, uh, that's a good question, too. I mean, to tell you the truth, I'm only four years out. Yeah. Um, it's already kind of changed. I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, when I first started off my first year or so, I was just like you, doing class twos, and you know, a lot of that's because of your patient population. you got a young demographic. You're a young dentist. You're going to see young patients. Tonight.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's important. I think it's important to have a little both. You have to know what you want kind of in the end, but you also have to have the values to support it. So in the end, for me, I just want to be doing good work. I want to be doing solid work work that doesn't need to be replaced. I want work that other dentists see and get, you know, I get phone calls. I like, I love getting phone calls from the lab saying, hey, that was solid. Like, I, that's the kind of work I want to do. I want to take pride in it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So
1: the values that you need to support that is you have to do honest work. You have to book appropriately. You have to be reimbursed appropriately. Right, you can't. You can't be at least here in San Francisco. You can't take, except be a network with, you know, a ton of insurances and get paid, you know, ninety eight dollars for a filling that you that takes you an hour. You know, yeah.
0: that you gonna like rubber dam and like do proper like ice like all that stuff? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so you really have to ask yourself, you know, in terms of values, you know, the the one thing for me that I really ha- have never really had to get away from is this is good enough right and luckily luckily for me I got away from that quickly in dental school
0: yeah. like
1: things were just never good enough like oh I passed oh, that's good enough no it's not it's like yeah. there's always better you know today's appointment went really well I prepped I was telling you earlier I prepped a bunch of crowns bunch of veneers 10 units took me four and a half hours. Got the temps on there, and all I can think about right now, even with during this podcast with you, is man, that margin on my on my temp on number nine. Yeah, I feel like it's slightly overconcentrated, and I'm hoping yeah. that those gums don't get too upset about it. Yeah, like, you know, it's like you it, like the stuff nags at me. It's, and you gotta be do you, think, okay. do
0: you think that's everyone? Because I I like, got the same way. Like, I don't know, like, what percent of dentists do you think think like that? Because I've, I've literally. I, like, I
1: don't think it's everyone. I've, I've, I, I know dentists who I shouldn't say don't care. I mean, they obviously care about their patients, but good yeah. enough. Patients happy. They paid. You got it done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's move on. Let's do it again. Versus, okay, that was great. That went well. Can it be better? Yeah. Can I have done, yeah. I've done it faster? Could we have done it with, uh, you know, been more efficient.
0: Um,
1: and that's the thing is you just got to push and that's a big value for me, which is just constantly pushing myself to do better and better.
0: Yeah. I think that's huge. I I think for me, like that didn't come in school. I was pretty lazy, like in terms of, I was like, oh, that's good enough. I met my requirements. Let me like move on. And, totally. uh, and I was like really like extraction happy. Like I, I, looking back now, I'm like, I regret like not doing more like dentistry because I was like. I was, like, I was just like, love taking out teeth and like, this is what I want to do. Um, so what I'm like now I'm like, no, let's like do endo. Let's like, uh, like do like margin elevation. Let's like build it up. I'm like, man, I wish I had more experience like doing this stuff in school, which is like, I think that's one of the advice they give everyone is like, try to do that stuff more often and more frequently. Um, but the thing that I said is like true. Cause like you're out there on your own for the first time you graduate, you're like, is this good enough? Like the patient's not going to necessarily know or care, but like, you know, so it's like how much does that affect you or eat away at you? Uh, if you have like a open contact, like do you lose sleep over it? Like you think about about over the weekend, like we are with your friends and stuff, which it does for me now. I don't think it did maybe like six months ago, but now I'm like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, I was so upset. Like I did this and this and like, it wasn't perfect kind of thing. So, um, I think it's the right trend and I think it's like, it's the way to go about it for sure. Oh. Awesome stuff, man. Um, so I have some rapid fire thing. It's like a new thing. I'm starting out now and I just there this morning. Um, so like just to line it up a little bit, get to get the totally. person, get the person behind it. So, um, I'll just rattle off and you kind of answer it and we'll go from there. So what's your uh, favorite quadrant to work on?
1: Ooh, upper right.
0: Upper right. Because you're right handed as well, right?
1: Yeah. Are yeah. you, you like, you, you let me prep like number four, number five. I'm all, I'm all good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I've, my, for me is quadrant two. I'm left handed. So it's pretty similar. Um, what's your favorite Instagram account to follow?
1: Ooh, the pressure you know what <laughs> lately it's been let me get this right yeah and i learned so much from this account it's absolutely ridiculous and i like i like obsess over it and when people are like who should i follow i'm like hey do you follow this account yeah it's central underscore ohio underscore oral underscore pathology
0: yes she's good i'm trying to get oh, her on the podcast yeah
1: oh my god it's so good it's like, like I
0: great feel- photos I'm good description that. like it's oh, like yeah. a textbook yeah
1: I've never been strong at oral path. Um, yes. I'm very like, oh, well, let's refer you out. Or here's my. Di-. Now it's like I'm really kind of picking up on stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's kind of one of my faves right now.
0: Yeah, uh, pizza or hamburger. Pizza. Oh, pizza. Uh, favorite, favorite sports Boston. team.
1: Favorite sports team. Uh, I gotta say the Warriors.
0: Warriors. You're in a good yeah. place for that right now. You've been there for the whole uh, hype as well. <laughs> I said you're in a good city for that. So
1: yeah, I I, I picked the Warriors. You know, I'm a big you know fan of a lot of Bay Area sports and then Oregon obviously yeah did. but I feel like the Warriors have been my longest running you know I used to go to games when I was in like elementary school I used to nice. save up. back yeah. then Bear Davis <laughs>
0: yeah. even before that yeah
1: I, like run TMC and you know <laughs> it was great I remember yeah. Billy Owens came to my came to my elementary school Oh, no, that's pretty cool dunked and then bent the rim it was, it was great <laughs> Uh, but you
0: know, I don't I have the budget the, to fix this. <laughs> yeah, I went
1: through a bunch of years where we stopped. And yeah. so I got to so say. We enjoy it
0: now. Not that well, they're good. what it is. Yeah. And, uh, so if you could do one procedure for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Ooh, composite veneers. <laughs> Class four repairs.
0: Yeah. That was yeah. a to do. <laughs> and, uh, what procedure if you had to do or not, what procedure makes you question your career choice?
1: Ooh, as in like, what do I just not? Like yeah, at
0: all. Like you do it, you like. I need. I, I hate my life. Like I need to stop shoot. Like I can't do this anymore.
1: So tough. I feel like I like almost everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's
0: not Dude. like a distal, like an upper seven do or something, or like.
1: No, I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get excited. You know what? I'm not. <sighs> I was like this in school too. Like, look, I like a good SRP, like, but yeah, there's a no reason I have hygienists, right? So yeah. a lot of that stuff I kind of
0: You're happy not to do it anymore.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I I do Invisalign. I do a lot of limited cases. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of ortho. I like referring that out.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we'll put, we'll put ortho for that one. And uh if you weren't a dentist, what would you be?
1: Uh, I would be teaching. I just came from there, but, uh, if I didn't get into dental school, I was actually, I applied, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to teach English in Japan. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I was planning on moving there, uh, learning more Japanese and, uh, teaching kids English. I think that'd be cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Great interview. Uh, it's a pleasure to finally meet you and uh, get a chat at, chat to you about, you know, your, your practice and your your clinical work that you've been doing, um, and the Instagram page and everything. So, um, hopefully we'll do another one down the line at some point and, uh, touch base in a few years and see how everything's progressing for you. Cool. Awesome.